and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to cover something that, you know, I've touched on when we were talking about paradigms and philosophy and how you view the world. But recently, I've noticed that uh, our, our world's turned upside down. And I'm not making comments, at least today, on the riots and, uh, and uh, racial unrest or anything like that. I want to I focus on something about the COVID that happened. And two studies and pretty, you know, big journals like The Lancet, two studies were used to disclaim the use of uh, and uh, put away the use of quinine to treat COVID-19. And those studies have been withdrawn. In other words, they've been called fake news by their own editors. And those studies were used to, you know, blow up anyone saying that there's a, a, a cure for this. Now, one, why anyone would want to focus on negativity and want this bug to be stronger than it really is, not weaker, not stronger, just describe it like it is, blows my mind. A scientist just wants to know what's going on um, and get a clear picture, not embellish it, not maximize it, or not minimize it. And we already have plenty of studies showing that SARS, its uh, cousin, um, SARS-1, which hit, which hit in, what, 2002? I'm just doing this off the top of my head. That uh, quinine, when used with, say, zinc, um, which is metallophore, which uh, forces zinc, potassium. I mean, everyone's known for hundreds of years that, you know, quinine can help muscle cramps because it forces electrolytes into the cramping muscles. Um, but we've already known that. Athletes have known that. Um, my God, at the turn of the century, a hundred years ago, not the last century, so two centuries ago, at the Olympic Games, you know, when they reinstituted them in the 1890s, people were drinking quinine for their cramps, um, tonic water. But you know, let's let's forget a hundred years of reality. And they went and said, no, this you know, this new quinine does not shut it down. It's dangerous. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, hold on. Yeah, you know, we know that quinine is used by millions, right now, millions of people in the U.S. for the rheumatological conditions. Millions. Millions upon millions in Africa to prevent malaria, right now, today. And people aren't dropping over from cardiac arrhythmias. There are a few, but again, if you already have some uh, electrical issues in your heart and you change the mineral or ionic um, flow going in and out of your heart because you're taking quinine, which forces those electrolytes in, you may have some problems, but you had a pre-existing problem already. And, you know, you would have to be careful eating a damn banana. But, you know, let's not talk common sense here. But these two studies, I think one was the New England Journal of Medicine and the other one was in Lancet, had to be withdrawn. And they used it to slam the president or anyone who said that quinine worked. I'm like, wait a minute, we, we, we've had research for 10, 15 years showing this works. It's a good thing when you combine it with zinc, it slows down the RNA polymerase uh, action. It slows down the replication of the virus in the cell. It doesn't cure it doesn't really treat it. I think the best way to say it is it slows it down. 
So it's an adjunctive aid to any type of treatment with it. And people went crazy saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, we already know this. We know how this coronavirus works. We know it's related to SARS. It's built up on the SARS backbone. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't this work? And of course, we know it does. That you know, There's thousands and thousands of physicians, MDs right now in Europe and other places in the world and even America prescribing it with a little zinc um, to make it work. Now, I'm not an MD. I'm not saying what you should take or shouldn't take. We already know that. Um, if you really have some major health condition, go see your medical doctor, your nurse practitioner, your midwife. See somebody, that a health coach that's going to coach you through that. But what I'm talking about today is perspectives in science. Why would two medical journals rush articles that obviously had some agenda through and the statistics were all wrong? I mean, my goodness, you only have to do fourth grade math to look how the see it statistically was designed. And it's crap. Um, it, it just blows my mind. And, you know, and this is why I want to say perspectives are important. I was watching TV this morning, and, and this really prompted me to do something real quick here this morning before the patients come in. And on Channel 5, I think it was Channel 5, our local newscast here in St. Paul, they were, there was a comment saying, oh, no, it's going to be horrible. There's a second wave of COVID coming. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Let, let's get perspective. Perspective, at least in Minnesota. I'm not going to talk about other states because I don't study other states every day. Every day I look at the COVID numbers and study what's going on in Minnesota. Um, I certainly could get caught up in other states, but let's just stick with Minnesota. Minnesota, 1,100 deaths. Okay. 80% of those are in long-term care centers. So you know, if someone gets sick, we're either leaving them there to spread, spread the virus to other people. Uh, I don't think they're allowing the virus in, but if they get sick in the hospital, they're returning back to the place so they can die. It's horrible. So, you know, there's, there's not enough sanitation. There's obviously not enough uh, controlling aerosoled viruses in the air. And 80%, talk about elderly bias. We're so worried about the 35-year-old CrossFitter or soccer mom, or, you know, I have four teenage daughters. We're so worried about them getting COVID. Um, no, they, they may have already had it. And if they get it, they're not going to die. You, this disease does not kill them. We're, here's the perspective. Those that have died in Minnesota about, you know, as of a couple days ago, and this is June 12th, so say June 10th, June 9th, there was only 25, 25 humans who had passed away in Minnesota under the age of 50. 25. Now, 40,000 humans die every day, or every year, sorry, 40,000 humans die every year in the state of Minnesota. Old age, falling off ladders, car accidents, homicide, cancer, everything, heart attack, stroke. That's just our numbers because we're state of, you know, about 6 million. So 40,000 humans die year in, year out in Minnesota. Comes out about 120 a day. So if you roll in people under 50, roll in people under 50, we're barely moving the needle. For three months, we've been locked down for a COVID death under 50 every third day. That's just statistics and math. Get your pencils out, get your slide roll, 
and turn away from the TV and do your own math. That's amazing that we're doing that. And 99%, according to the Department of Health in Minnesota, 99% of those who died under 50, so all of them, maybe except one, I don't know how you get 99 or 25, I don't know where they're getting their math, but I think it's 99% of those who had some type of comorbid condition. And we now know that's obesity, heart issues, diabetes, high blood pressure, most likely taking some type of high blood pressure medication like an ACE inhibitor, which binds to the ACE2 receptor and making that all janky. But that's not being talked about in the news at all. We're telling people they have to wear masks when they go to Target, you know, the 20, 30, and 40-year-olds who are, are healthy and trying to weaken their immune systems so this bug doesn't mutate correctly. See, if we allow those that are strong to get this bug, it's going to get beat up and it will have to mutate to get weaker to survive or to go away, just like SARS, the original SARS. You don't see people freaking out about SARS-1 right now, do you? Do you see people freaking out, oh, we need, we need a you know, vaccine for SARS? No, they're not. Somehow this got twisted, and I don't know why it got twisted. You know, but somehow this got twisted and we really need to get wrap our head around what's going on with perspectives in science. So what do I mean by perspectives? Well, your internal biases, if I could, how we look at things. Um, I'm going to use something horrible. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, um, they were African-American uh, fighter pilots in World War II. They flew, they flew toward the end of World War II, and it took that long for these gentlemen, some of them with PhDs, um, to have the Army Air Force allow them to fly because it was thought, and this was, what, 70, 80 years ago, it was thought that their brains couldn't handle the, the tactics of uh, um, combat, idiocy i i just can't understand it but that was that was that racist bias opinion now let's just turn to science itself yes your perspective your culture your view viewpoint can change how you see science to the point where an article gets in to a journal that goes against what we've known for 15 years about sars and quinine and they have to take it back because politically, because someone, someone politically didn't like, jumps on it. Now, again, it makes no sense. Where you have, you know, one minute we're saying that COVID can be transferred on surfaces, and then the next minute it can't. So you clean your surface, you don't. Um, asymptomatic people can um, give you the virus, the next minute they can't. The reason it's so crazy out there right now is called perspectives in science which means people are getting caught on their own BS. They're getting caught with their own biases down, their pants down. Everyone can see that they have some type of bias. So how does that work? Gender, culture, politics affect science. It affects how you do your statistics, if you do them correctly. It affects how you do your research. Now, you would think the original scientific method is to come up with a hypothesis, 
we call it H naught, not meaning zero with a slash through it. You come up with this, this scientific hypothesis and then you spend time disproving it, figuring out a hundred different reasons for your hypothesis besides yours. And when you disprove everything else, then you can look and say, maybe I'm right. You don't come at something saying I'm right and I'm going to prove myself right and I'm going to filter and only look for those things that validate my point of opinion. That's not science. That's fantasy. But that's not being taught in schools. Nothing. You have to, you have to look for the causation which could be coming from a different means. In other words, if I think COVID is a horrible disease that's killing everybody, I need to go through, okay, let's find out, did anyone survive? Have they survived? What, you know, what were their ages? You know, are people getting it with no symptoms? Well, then obviously if they're getting it with no symptoms, it's not a horrible disease. I'm watching TV channel five and they're saying, oh, this horror is coming. Look out. Horror coming. Are you crazy? This is, so we have twice the amount of deaths in the United States than we would have had, that we would have had if you, you know, simply had a bad flu year. And that's horrible. But it's not enough to shut down the economy and change, and change how we do research. I mean, 25 deaths of those under 50 in three months all of them having some type of secondary condition. Now, here's a perspective. I was watching the news about two months ago and they said, oh, look at this person who almost died of COVID. You know, she had no underlying conditions. And then you see the picture in the interview, she's 80 pounds overweight. Sorry, darling. You know, not trying to fat shame, but guess what? We know this thing gets people who are overweight. I'm overweight. I'm at more risk than this human is that it was on TV. But we have to talk science. This isn't about political correctness or whatever. If obesity is a problem, why aren't we talking about how to get in shape? Why aren't we talking about exercise? That's the perspective. We're talking about masks. It's easy to put on masks, but that's not gonna get rid of the bug because COVID is gonna go everywhere. So science is very much perspective. You know, the diversity of different scientists. You know, and I'm just not talking races and religions, your approach. You know, I know for years in chiropractic, we had to sue, decades I should say, in chiropractic, we had to sue in federal court to get access to patients in Medicare because they thought we were quacks. Because obviously six to eight years of, you know, post-grad education is just not enough for, you know, mobilizing joints. When osteopaths and physical therapists were doing it forever. And we just had an extra year or two of radiology so we could read those x-rays better. You know, because they felt some type of, you know, oh, there's, there's a financial problem here, there's competition, we had to prove that they broke the Sherman Antitrust Act, that medicine broke the Sherman Antitrust Act. And people wanna look it up, it's called the Wilkes case. But we had to prove that and it, it, it what's amazing is why do we have to go through that? Meaning, why did one MD say, oh, don't send a chiropractor to hurt you? Well, there's bad MDs out there. There's bad surgeons. There's bad barbers. There's bad mechanics. And there's bad chiropractors. There's bad humans, period. All you have to do is look on the news. You can see what bad humans do. That doesn't mean every single one of them, every chiropractor is bad. But if your perspective is that 
the entire profession is bad, my goodness, you're going to limit yourself. And if your perspective on, say, a virus is built on fantasy and now, I don't know, 30, 40 years of research beforehand, then your perspective is going to be tainted. And nobody's going to convince you otherwise because you think the world is flat and you're wearing a tinfoil hat. So part of being a scientist is being objective. And when new information comes out, not slamming it. Like the overall death rate is, you know, just below what seasonal flu is for this thing. But it specifically attacks those overweight or with heart conditions, with janky blood pressure. Now, knowing that is what we should be attacking. But I'm still waiting for that in the news. I sit there every morning, look for it, and I don't see it. So part of your perspective is taking a professional distance, taking a, a step back. And you have to take more than six feet back. Take a step back and look at, hey, is this working or is it not? It, is this information true? The model that Minnesota's running on, again, we're on our third or fourth model now. The model we're running on for COVID right now predicted 1,700 deaths by the end of May. We didn't get close. So they're wrong again, but we're still running on that model. How often does someone have to be wrong that you throw the blueprints away and start reality? I love it when my kids are asking me, is it cold outside? Is it hot outside? And they're looking for the weather report on their phone. I'm like, stick your head outside. It's 10 feet away. Walk to the door. Walk outside. Stick your head out and find out. Sometimes you got to take your head away from the TV screen, the talking heads, and actually do some math yourself. Figure out what's going on. 25 deaths for those under 50 with all of them having some other comorbid conditions. It's horrible. Death is horrible. It's horrible. One every three days. The rest, over 50, all in long almost all in long-term care settings here in Minnesota. We need to figure out what's going on instead of protecting the CrossFitters and the very healthy teenagers who you know, can fight this off or carrying it around now. It's a coronavirus. If anyone wants it, you can, you can uh, um, email me. But I have a PDF on my, uh, my laptop here. And that PDF, guess what? That PDF actually has my first book that I read on coronaviruses at University of Maryland, 1987. 1987. 1987. Thick textbook on coronaviruses. We've known about them and been studying them for 40, 50, 60 years. Come on, people. This is ridiculous that what we're doing with the information out there. We're dumbing down our society. Figure out what's wrong with this bug, how it attacks, how the disease works, and go after it. Don't make things up. We're acting like... The, it's the Justinian plague of the 500 ADs. It's not. Emperor Justinian had to wade through a plague that killed one in four humans in his empire. And we, we think it's the bubonic plague or some other thing. But this, this is not even close. There are not bodies piling up in the street. They're trying to scare people, put in fear. And I don't know if they have an agenda. I don't care. 
I just go by objective reality. The world's not flat. I don't need a tinfoil hat. I'm not worried about 5G. What I am worried about is the dumbing down of people who can't do statistics and then tell us that this is how a coronavirus works when we have decades of good research on them. Decades. And no one's turning to these people and interviewing them. Why? Because what they're saying doesn't get the, the clicks. It doesn't turn on the media. When they say it's a coronavirus, it's very small, it will get everywhere, everyone's going to have to get this. It's not, it's not if you're going to get it, it's when. And we should have gone through it real quick. Oh, we need to flatten the curve. Well, the curve would have never spiked if you let the healthy get it. We, would, we, we wouldn't have maybe a thousand deaths here in Minnesota of those over, you know, in long-term care. If we let the healthy get it, allow coronavirus do what it does, and we have decades of research showing how they mutate and they get weaker to survive. Because if they don't get weaker to survive and jump to the next host and the next host, guess what? Then they go away. It's like a squirrel eating all its nuts before the end of winter. If you destroy your host population too fast, guess what? You don't get to exist. So you're trying to tell me that coronavirus is going to go against all the laws of evolution, natural selection, and biology. When they started talking about that in January and February, and I made a podcast back in January on the coronavirus Everyone thought it was crazy, Fred, you're, you're wrong. Well, now we'll come back and I'm right. It's June, six months later. And we allowed people to go through fear and hell for six months and allowed the murder and the killing of our elders and those with all the wisdom in the world and long-term care centers instead of spending six months and understand how it affects the elderly and the frail. You know, a mark of a society is how well we take care of those who can't take care of ourselves. And it starts with the frail and elderly and very young first. And obviously that's not been the focus with this recent virus and it's not been the focus of science in the last few years. We need to get back. There are those of us who want to get back to some science that makes sense and not something that, you know, is politically accurate. So I know that uh, I'll, I'll finish with a quote from Louis Simmons, one of the, one of the crazy greatest uh, powerlifting coaches there is. When they ask, you know, someone says, well, it was big, strong, you know, saying that we should get bigger, lift weights, get more muscles, get fatter, whatever, the bigger you're strong. And he said, no, strong is strong, meaning reality is reality. I don't care what you say, put the weight on the bar, we'll see. Well, Corona, we've already seen what it can do, and it can do some damage. But did it do damage because we mishandled it, because we presumed what it was, and we didn't have the skills because we went on presumption of what it was and what it was not? If we had focused on the high blood pressure and the overweight and the frail and taking care of them and making them stronger instead of making the bug stronger, and this has been another fact podcast.